Ladies and gentlemen, what's going down? It's your boy, Mr. Hurry, live and in full effect. Holding it down for anchor.fm4 slash 215, the nonstop working podcast. All right. Y'all know DAUS, the Divine Artistic United Society. Visit us at our website, www.daus.me. Y'all know we're just out here nonstop working, man. Nonstop working. It is a beautiful deal. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh, guys. This is one of those days. Uh, it just reminds you of uh, why living is such a wonderful gift. Oh my gosh. All right. I mean, just since I stepped out the door, man, the fresh air is a great temperature. It has to be about. Uh, I would say 50 degrees, guys, 50 degrees, maybe 55, something like that. Ah, oh, but spring is upon us. This is fantastic. This is fantastic. I am excited. So episode 19 was a very good episode, guys. Very powerful, impactful. Okay, you got a lot of attention. Okay, but not just attention. You got a lot of people talking. So fellas are feeling some kind of way. You know... There's a lot of people saying, you know, um, dang, aunt, you know, you really go in on the women on the Facebook. But I swear to you, it's like that is the only thing they see. It's like the only thing that women see is something saying something negative about her. It's like they've been trained to be blind to anything positive directed towards them. You know what I'm saying? And the only way they actually the only way they actually look at things that are um, pertaining to them is if someone convinces them to. You know what I'm saying? So you have to like, hey, can you look at this and tell me what your opinion is? Because other than that, they really turn a blind eye to almost everything that is related to them other than you know stuff that makes them feel good and things like that so I'm, I'm i'm a little i'm a little it makes me a little frustrated sometimes guys because it's like you know why can't you ladies give your opinions why can't you share why can't you participate you know what i mean so i really want to encourage the ladies to participate man don't be shy we want to know what you think we want to know what you have to say and we also want to go against that narrative that you know, um, no one listens. So no, people listen to women all the time. We create opportunities, you know, all the time. We want to hear what sisters have to say all the time. But they tend to back away. You know what I mean? They tend to, sh- to shy away from speaking, you know, and then they don't like to be challenged or questioned. And when I say challenged, guys, that doesn't mean argued with. A lot of people argue with you and think that what they're doing is challenging you and they're not challenging you they're just they're just making a dumbass argument so that's not what we want to do we don't want to have a habit of just making dumbass arguments which is the majority of people but we want to learn how to challenge like produce or present information that requires thinking you know what i'm saying 
So I want to encourage y'all, look, participate. Don't be shy, ladies. Get up in the mix. Get up in here and talk your sass, okay? Let us know what you think about some things. You know what I mean? Give us uh, uh, the 411 and shit. You know what I'm saying? We'll listen. We're ready. But it was a very powerful episode 19. Very powerful episode 19. Um, very mixed emotions, especially... And this, this kind of caught me off guard, especially about Boosie. There's a lot of people riding real hard for Boosie. You know what I mean? They like, yo, man, free Boosie. They like Planet Fitness, give Boosie his membership back. You know? And uh, I think the support is cool, but we need that support for everyone. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, again... It's easy to support Boosie being kicked out of Planet Fitness because that's an easier scenario to comprehend. Oh, Planet Fitness, Boosie, they kicked him out. That's nutty. See, it's real easy. You ain't got to think too much, but it's a, little, it's a little more serious than that, you guys. It's about business. You know what I mean? You, you can't be in a business that's catering to people and creating an environment where people can feel safe and comfortable when you talk like Boosie did. You never know who's around. And, and, and how, who feels about what and all this other nonsense. But that's that, all right? I just want to thank all, everyone who commented. All right, if you took time to record a comment, thank you. I really appreciate that. That's a step, that's a step above the rest. You know, but I appreciate that because, you know, you have to download an app. You might need to download a recording app or Anchor or something like that to produce that. And though it is simple, it is an extra step, you know, so... Those people who take that extra kind of step to participate, thank you. We love you. All right? And we want to keep those kind of... We want to keep those kind of recordings coming in. Those kind of responses coming in. Then we want to know what everyone thinks. And we also want people to know that we have a listenership. And that this is a community thing. That it's not just a guy talking as he walks around the city. But it is a community thing. And we are talking about things that people find. Uh, relevant, all right. So we're going to be talking about some cool stuff. I found some 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 more um from Farrakhan, and I'm I'm gonna I'm think I'm gonna I'm gonna incorporate what I found in this segment, really because it supports my um. It, it supports what I was saying about Farrakhan and Snoop Dogg with the release of the album. I think we talked about that in episode 18, guys. It might have been 17 or 18, but we talked about that. So I am going to play uh, what I found from Farrakhan. He's talking about uh, um, Snoop Dogg specifically. All right. And this is just a few days ago, if not hours ago. Well, days now, so... It's a few days ago where he was talking about Snoop Dogg. All right. So I'm going to play that for you guys. We got that. We got another segment of Worthy Women. You know what I'm saying? We want to talk sports. We're going to talk about this Deontay Wilder fight. All right. Deontay Wilder has taken an L to your man Fury. It was a... uh, it was a pretty embarrassing fight. 
Unfortunately, in the fight, Deontay Wilder confirmed much of what I suspected to be suspect about his fighting quote, quote, style. Some kinks in the armor was exposed. And there's also some possible, of course, conspiracies. If not conspiracies, just foul play. Because they got some got some different things to talk about in terms of the fight. We're gonna talk on that fight. And we're gonna talk about some other things, guys. All right, the non-stop working podcast. We're going to talk about some other things. All right. Make sure you guys keep tuning in. All right. We appreciate you guys. We're at, uh, we're, we're just a few hundred away now from our 10,000 mark. So thank you guys. We got the listens coming in by the hundred. So let's keep that up. All right. We want to touch 10,000 ASAPly. 10,000 plays ASAPly so we can celebrate. All right, but you guys are awesome. Our traffic is up at the website, www.daus.me. It's also thanks to you all. So we're doing it, man. We're out here winning on these holes. All right, so we're going to jump into things right after a quick commercial break. There's a new album out by recording artist D Money. It's called It's My Time. It's available on all digital platforms. Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, Tidal, Google Play, and more. Y'all know how the saying goes. His name is his name. Mula Bita Gang. Enjoy a good meal at Amori's Restaurant, 5037 Baltimore Avenue, Philadelphia, PA, 19142. Call for more information at 215-921-9552. Also visit AmorisRestaurant.com. For some food with soul? How about catering with soul? Well, stop by Haverford Grill and Soul at 6548 Haverford Avenue, Philadelphia, PA 19151. Call for more information at 215 476 7685 and at 215 476 7686. So they got Harvey Weinstein on two counts. He's going down on two counts. And I got a news clip for you guys. I want you guys to check it out. And I want you to pay attention to how gracious they are uh, with the language. All right. If you take uh, this situation and you compare it to 
uh, R. Kelly and Bill Cosby, the language that they use is really, it's really a, a lot lighter. You know what I'm saying? But I want you guys to check out the clip and I'll talk more about uh, what I'm what I'm saying at the end of the clip. All right. But pay attention to just um, how they talk about it. All right. How they how they talk about Harvey Weinstein situation compared to other situations similar to it. All right. Very, very interesting. All right. We now have a verdict in the Harvey Weinstein rape trial. Joining me right now is CNN legal analyst. Paul Callen, also Brian Stelter, host of Reliable Sources. We are waiting, as we were told from Gene Casares, just to fill in everybody in. The judge has said there is a verdict. We are waiting for it to come out. There is a period of time that transpires before the verdict is reached. The letter, the letter is sent to the judge, and then it is read in court. We're going to bring that to everybody as soon as it happens. Let's talk about where we, were, we things were left on Friday and what could be, we could be looking at right here on. We have the breaking news in. Let me go to Gene Casares now. Sorry, everybody. Gene is outside the courtroom. Gene, what do you have? All right. This is what we have on count one, which is predatory sexual assault, not guilty. Count two, which is criminal sexual act in the first degree, guilty. That is a criminal sexual act against Miriam Haley. Count three, predatory sexual assault, not guilty. Count four, rape in the first degree against Jessica Mann, not guilty. Count five, rape in the third degree. Guilty. There are two guilty convictions here. Count two, criminal sexual act in the first degree, which is five to 25 years in prison. And count five, which is rape in the third degree, which can be probationary up to four years in prison. Okay. Jean, thank you so very much. Sticking with me. Paul Callan, you just heard that. What's your reaction to this? Well, let's talk about the difference between the charges here. Those charges that he was acquitted on, the predatory sexual act charges, are so serious that some lawyers would uh, compare them to murder counts. They're A felonies. He could have gotten a life sentence on both of those. So both that's of those are not guilty. Guys, if we can throw up the counts so we can talk this through for everyone, as it can get confusing, as there's so much going on here, that would be great. So one in three, not guilty, as Gene Casares has just reported. Continue. And uh, those counts, by the way, uh, required the jury to believe that he had engaged in improper sexual conduct with Jessica Mann and Miriam Haley, and that the same thing or a similar kind of thing had happened to Annabelle Sciorra. That would have made it predatory and would have raised it to a life sentence, a felony. Let me they start right there. That. Does yes. that surprise you that they came back with not guilty on those two, those two most severe charges? Well, it doesn't surprise me given the question that was asked on Friday. You remember they hinted that they may had reached they may have reached a conclusion on some counts mm -hmm. but not on the predatories. Yeah, they asked the judge on Friday specifically, can we be hung on account on count one and or three and unanimous on others? That was That's their question. Right. So that meant that they had to have believed 
Jessica Mann or uh, Miriam Haley on some of the lesser counts. Now, moving on to, to the really serious, and these are serious counts. These lesser counts are not a walk in the park. Uh, the uh, One of the counts, the count involving uh, Miriam Haley, ca ca calls for a, a sentence of 5 to 25 years mm -hmm. in prison uh, for Harvey Weinstein. The second count, which is rape in the third degree. Now, the difference between rape in the first and rape in the third is rape in the first is a forcible rape. The jury didn't believe that there was a forcible rape here of Jessica Mann, but they did believe that he had sex with her without her consent. That lowers it to rape in the third degree. You can actually get probation on that account or up to four years in prison. So that's what he's facing, up to 25 years in prison on one count and up to four years in prison on count number two. Brian, stick with me for one second. Let me just ask the control. Is Jean still standing by? Let me know if Jean's still standing by to join the conversation. Jean, let me bring you back in. We have this verdict now, Jean. Do we know what is happening in court, if anything, at this moment, or any reaction in the courtroom when this was read? No, we don't have that yet. We do have our two producers in that courtroom. But uh, what is interesting here is that since there is a conviction uh, routinely, and Paul, I'm sure, has experienced this so many times, the prosecutor can ask to remand Harvey Weinstein into custody. He has been free on bond for this entire time since he was charged and the length of this trial. Remember, he was charged um, several years ago when this all began. And so they could be asked that. The defense will counter that, saying that he has always shown up to court. There is not a risk of flight. And these are not the most serious felonies. And they will battle that out. Now, I think the looming question is, will the Los Angeles charges come into play here? Because the first day of jury selection here in New York, he was charged criminally, a big press conference with crimes sexual in nature in Los Angeles. So L.A. is just really holding off until this case is concluded. And will he be allowed to turn himself in or will they arrest him and remand him into custody uh, for Los Angeles? Absolutely. Gene, stick with me. Again, everyone, the breaking news is Harvey Weinstein is found guilty on two counts in this trial that has been ongoing for weeks now in jury deliberation that had just today entered its second week. Brian Stelter is here as well. Is, is here as well. Um, conviction is important. It's an answer. But I think we can't also lose the impact of what Harvey Weinstein's case and how it came about, and now what this conviction means for the for for the world. For, for the, the world. yes, yeah. This is vindication and validation for these victims in this specific criminal trial, but it is also a statement for, and I'm not exaggerating, Kate, right. millions right. of victims of sex crimes in this country and around the world. So why is that? Well, it's because Harvey Weinstein was the first domino in what we now know as the global Me Too movement. There was before. That New York Times story about Harvey Weinstein, and there was after. The New York Times, the New Yorker, Ronan Farrow, this speaks to the power of journalism, that this case was opened up, and that Harvey Weinstein was brought into court, and that he's now going to be going to prison. It speaks to the power of journalism and to the court system, uh, and it speaks to the voices, these voices that were silenced for decades. Yep. Let's remember, there were rumors about Harvey Weinstein 20 years ago. He, he buried those secrets. He paid off women. He kept people silent. He threatened. threatened he people. cajoled. He did whatever he had to do to keep those secrets. And finally, today, for the first time, he's being held accountable. And in a courtroom, a jury of their peers says, we hear you to these women. And we believe you. And we believe now, you. Now, yes, these are two of the lesser charges. 
But as you said, Paul, he's going to be facing prison time. This is a man who thought he was uh, untouchable. And acted that way. And thought he could do whatever he wanted to anybody else. I'll never forget the day that Ronan Farrow asked me, have you heard rumors about Harvey Weinstein? You know, this was an investigation going on for the better part of 2017. And when those stories hit in October 2017, the world did change. And I think I'm seeing online a lot of people who have no connection to Harvey Weinstein, but have had these experiences in their own lives, saying, I feel something today. I feel that I've been heard today. Paul, what happens now? You ha- we have to guess and assume that he will appeal. Yes. What happens? Well, I think we have to figure out, first of all, are they going to slap the cuffs on him and put him in jail today? And I will tell you, having stood next to defendants in that very courtroom myself, yeah. customarily, a felon facing this kind of a serious charge and the sentences that he's facing would be remanded to prison at this would moment. Would you be more surprised if he was able to, to walk out of, I, out of court? I, I would be frankly shocked because he's facing, as I said before, as much as 25 years in prison on these two charges, and he's facing also California charges. Right. One of the things the judge looks at is the uh, uh, motivation to flee. Obviously, he has a tremendous motivation to flee uh, because he's got these major uh, cases in both states. Now, on the appellate issue, his lawyers are looking at one big issue, one important issue, and that is there was a juror who was seated over their objection who hinted that she was writing a book that might be involved with uh, older men having sex and consent issues with younger women. That's going to be a focus of the appeal. Yeah, but Our a- colleague Chloe Mellis reports that Weinstein's been preparing for the possibility of prison, even talking to a coach about what it might be like. He was apparently very nervous in recent days, and he should have been. So did you guys peep it? Did you guys notice? I'm not going to talk real long on this because I really I really think it's stupid. You know, the 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 whole thing, you know, how long it takes uh him with the whole walker and everything. Uh Oprah and Gail's little weird participation. But did you notice the language? Did you notice how polite they were? Right? They tried to have aggression in their voices. But where was the slander that was applied to everyone else? When it was Bill with R. Kelly... All of these people are pulled out of the woodworks. You know, all of these women, all of these victims come forward. And on the news, we we get to hear these crazy tales of these individuals and how they held people hostage and pulled their panties down slow and fed them drugs for days. None of that with Harvey Weinstein. They just said Harvey Weinstein a lot. Everything was strictly like legalese and shit. You know what I'm saying? And there was a few points where a guy where a guy tried to get a little tough, right? And he says Harvey Weinstein's name. And then he he vares and he goes into how Harvey Weinstein being found guilty is a big uh, benefit to the Me Too movement. Did y'all hear that? 
and how the Me Too movement and et cetera, et cetera, from there. He goes into somehow talking about women and empowerment. You get what I'm saying? Whereas with Bill and R. Kelly, yeah, it was that Me Too movement there, right? But when they talked about these men, it was all about how they were serial rapists who were abused as kids and moms were drug addicts. None of that with with Mr. Weinstein. Not one bit. We don't get to find out what he did in high school, in a locker room, in the shadows, underneath the tables. None of that. But with everybody else, they dig so deep. Right? They talked about the years. They talked about the charges likely. You know, but where's that? Where's that nasty? Perverted. Storytelling that they apply to everybody else. Hmm? Where's that? Where's that vile gutter diving reporting that they do? Where's all that palm greasing? Well, we know where that is. I just think it very interesting, right? Let me know what you guys think about this. The Harvey Weinstein situation. You know what I mean? I think he's going to... He's going to go down, but somehow figure out a way to lighten the sentence. You know, holler at me, y'all. I said it from the beginning. I watched the fights, the old fights. And I said the brother got some power, but he's not looking like a boxer. So now he's going to need some more moves to really be like unstoppable. Now, a lot of people fought me on that, man. They said, no, man. They say, yo, that dude's so powerful that if he punch you one time, you're done. I said, Mike could take him. He said, Mike Tyson couldn't take him. I said, yes, he could. I'm talking about Deontay Wilder. I'm talking about Deontay Wilder. So he took this L to uh, your boy Fury, right? (sighs) It was a hard thing to watch. It was a hard thing to watch on a few levels, all right? On a few levels. Now, like I said, Watching the fight confirmed for me my opinions and perspectives on the boxer and his style and what I gathered from the fights that I saw. All right. Now, who I like as champion, potential champion, is this uh, Joshua Anthony guy. That's my that's my pick, but that's another conversation. All right. Wilder got in that ring, man, and um, to be perfectly honest, besides the boxing thing, he didn't exactly seem like himself. 
And when I say his self, I mean a lot of people are saying he he felt he seemed he looked tired and all this stuff. That he he wore this suit, and that the suit wore wore his legs. But that's all nonsense. You know what I mean? This dude's in good shape. And if you ask me, I think he was in better shape than Fury. But mentally, he did not seem to ever show up to the fight. He didn't seem to ever show up. And I'm speaking as an athlete, as a fighter myself. I'm saying he, he didn't seem to mentally be there. Uh, and, and he got whooped around the, around the, around the, the ring in a way that makes you question was something going on. At one point in the fight, he seemed to not be able to keep his legs underneath him. He got hit in the uh, the head, in the back of the head, a few times in the ear. There was some blood drawn from a you know a strike to the ear. So he 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 took a, a little bit of a beating, man. You know what I mean, compared to all of his other fights. So when that kind of thing happens, you know, you question everything. It's not like he lost the fight. You know, he took, you know, he got his ass kicked. You know, it's not like he just lost the fight. So you start to ask these questions. She got guys that are put up these videos. They made these videos where they slowed down Tyson Fury's uh, strikes. And they're reviewing his hands. And his hands are doing some kind of like bending back. You know, like bags. You know what I mean? Like he has weighted gloves, like he has his fist balled up in a wrist area, but kind of like swinging these, you know, bags. You know, and something like that could significantly, significantly change um, the outcome of a fight. All right. If you guys look it up, there's plenty of videos where fighters are caught cheating in different ways, putting things in the bag. Uh, putting things in the gloves, taking cushion out of the gloves, and it makes a huge difference. Um, a lot of people would think, "Well, that doesn't make sense. Why would anybody do that?" But you know, it's 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 a well known fact that boxing is often um, fixed. You know, there's a lot of gambling on it. There's a lot of money involved. So, you know, I easily gathered that um, Wilder could have been told to throw the fight and not agreed to throw the fight. You know what I mean? Not agreed to take the L and, um, you know, they, they, they took other means of making it happen. You know, some people argue that he was drugged. I don't know if that was the case, but there's also videos of, um, I believe it's George Foreman talking about, Um, having some water given to him during the fight one time that was a little funny and he called it out. Oh, I got the right guy there, right? Yeah, it's George Foreman. Um, so, you know, you never really know. And I think that there, it was some kind of suspicious things like this because Wilder didn't speak out on it. You know what I mean? After the fight, he didn't speak out on it. You know, he didn't take to a Twitter thing right away. Uh, I do have a a, a, a little clip that he posted on Twitter, and I think it it fits right in with what I'm talking about. But 
there was no big, you know, Deontay Wilder, hey, tell us about the fight, what was going on. It was no opportunity to say, hey, you know, he's a hell of a fighter. It was a good fight. I dipped the job. I tried. None of that happened. So, you know, that to me says fixed kind of thing. And it's a lot of money to be made. You know, it's a lot of money to be made in Wilder's loss, him taking an L. All right, but I'm going to play two clips for you, all right? I want you guys to check out, again, the language. I want you guys to check out um, this first clip. This is going to be, this is going to be, what is it, ESPN, all right? This is ESPN. And check out how they're dogging Deontay Wilder. I believe one of the guys even goes as far as to say that he's a fan of Deontay Wilder. But watch how he dogs him. All right. So one minute this guy's the superstar. And just like that, everyone's crapping on him. You know what I mean? This is that kind of thing that that they that that happens when you don't quote play ball, you know what I mean? Quote, you don't want to play ball, you know, you get you get slammed. So, check it out, you know what I mean? And then after that, I'm going to play the clip from Twitter. All right? Deontay Wilder posted a tweet. You know, to his fans and stuff like that, all right? Check that out. All right? He's 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 kind of trying to speak a little coded, I think. Speaking a little coded. So listen to to how he's saying what he's saying and and you know you know consider some things. All right, check it out. Totally stunned. Yeah. And all of us picked wild and what have you. Forget all of that. And Max, I got to confess you man, I've been having nightmares all. Night. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't been, I've been having nightmares. I I, I I I can't get over what I saw. Let me give Tyson Fury credit for nothing short of sheer brilliance. He beat Deontay Wilder before they even got in the ring. And I'll explain that in just a second. But, I mean, I love Deontay Wilder. I'm a fan. I knew that he was not the superior boxer. I knew that was Tyson Fury. If you were going to lose, I expected to be out, him to be outpointed. Ladies and gentlemen, that was an ass kicking. That was bad. It was bad. It was It was bad. It was It was bad. It was bad. And I'm going to tell you what, what, what and, and Max knows all of this because he's been talking about it all week long. But here's the reality. Tyson Fury comes into the fight at 273. He's 42 pounds heavier than Deontay Wilder at the weigh-in. My thinking is, okay, you coming. You ain't playing. You coming to knock him out, all right? And you're going to use the weight. You're going to hit him. You're going to lean on him. You're going to wear him down. But my attitude was, you're there to be hit by Deontay Wilder, and ultimately Deontay Wilder will catch you because the goal should be to stay away from a power puncher like Deontay Wilder. What I didn't take into consideration is that Deontay Wilder actually gained more pounds from the first fight than Fury did. Fury was 17 pounds heavier than he was in his first fight. Wilder was 19 pounds heavier than he was in his first fight. He came into the ring. He barely had a sweat. You know, he was shaking his leg. He just seemed cold, etc., but no matter. The reality of the situation is he was thoroughly outboxed. He was mauled. He was beat up. He was schooled. 
in such a flagrant fashion. I mean, I sat there completely and totally shell-shocked. I know he got his eardrum busted. Your equilibrium is all... Was it, what, eardrum it, was wasn't it? busted, just to cut inside the it ear. Just it just looked out. like so, it was so, it's, so it, all that blood six, coming out? Six stitches from a small... And that's all it was? Oh, Lord. But then there's really no excuse because the bottom line is you got to overcome that in the end. He got beat up. People lose all the time. You know, somebody's more skilled than you or what have you. But it's rare that you see a boxer like that. I mean, get beat up. It wasn't and that's what happened. out of the gate, Max. He just looks so much bigger, too. He well, owned num- it. Number one, 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 one thing, Stephen, I understand why you're nervous. If he's going to come at Wilder, then he has to come into the danger zone. Right, correct. But another, you don't just have to stay away from a puncher's power. You can get inside a long-armed puncher's right. power where he can't get space to hit you. And that's one, one of Fury's strategies. Look, I'm not shocked. The way it panned out, I'm incredibly impressed, but I, I understand what, what just happened. You're not shocked that Wilder looked that bad? No, no. I mean, Wilder, like in his last fight against Luis Ortiz, King Kong Ortiz, he lost every round until he hit him with a right hand, knocked him out. Right. You know, usually, but Deontay eventually lands the right hand, but not this time. Look, he's had three fights now, Tyson Fury, where going his three biggest fights going in, he's the underdog. Every single time he tells you exactly what's going to happen, you don't believe him, and then he goes out and does exactly what he said. One, Vladimir Klitschko, 10 years heavyweight champ. Tyson, I'm going to outbox him. Did it. Won the title. Then he went into a depression, drug abuse, suicidal ideation, all, all kinds of stuff. Was out for you. Ballooned up to almost 400 pounds. Came back, had two little nothing fights, and then fought Deontay. Tyson Fury's father said, Deontay's going to knock you out. Are you crazy? You're not in any kind of shape to fight him. He said, no, I'm going to beat him, went out and beat him again, even though it beat, it beat Deontay, even though people said it was a, it was officially a draw. He won every round except the two rounds he got knocked down in. But in the 12th round, he got cold clocked. He looked out. He somehow got up. He said, you're going to have to nail me to the canvas to beat me, right? That's why going into this fight, Deontay said, I got the six-inch nails and the hammer from Alabama because he's saying he's going to nail him down. In this fight, what did, what did Fury say? We all thought he's just trying to get in Deontay's head. He wouldn't really do that. He quit his trainer, went to a Sugar Hill, Emmanuel Stewart's nephew, who's a Kronk Jim trainer, Kronk Jim offensive style, coming to get you. Yep. Trained in that style, and then went out and did exactly what he said he was going to do, the way he said he was going to do it. Beat him up for seven rounds and knocked him out. I, I, he's the best heavyweight in the world, like Ali. Like Ali has certain similarities to him. One of them is he tells you what he's going to do well, and he well, does Well, the interesting part is that if you go back to Ali versus Foreman, mm-hmm. all right, if you remember, Ali ran out into the middle of the ring. Hit him with the right that's hand. Exa- that's exactly what Tyson Fury did. He ran out at Deontay Wilder. And you saw Deontay Wilder, like, snap up, like, oh, you know, he didn't expect that. And Tyson Fury was stalking him throughout the fight, strategizing, I'm going to make you back up. You can't fight going backwards. That's not what you do. You, 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 you're the big bully. You do everything coming forward. But again, when he hit Deontay, and you can see, and I'm ringside. I'm sitting ringside. You're right behind me, Molly. And I'm sitting ringside, and I'm watching Deontay Wilder literally every time he clutched with Tyson Fury, he was looking at like looking at a clock. Like, when does this round end? He was looking to get the hell out of there. He looked hurt. He, was, he, looked, he looked out hurt. of it. He looked out of it. He, looked he beat lost up. his the legs. Eyes, Max, Max, the eyes paired a little bit. He got mauled. Right, he got mauled and beat up. It, it was kind of like. But he knew early. What I'm saying is he knew early 
He didn't want to be yeah. there. And he did have, a, he had the heart of a champion. Bro, I will did. say that because yes. they could have ended that, or he kept getting up. He kept Actually, coming Roberto, back. Roberto Duran fought a guy named Davey Moore, undefeated yeah, champion at the yeah. Garden, when his 32nd birthday mauled him like that, just yeah. beat him up. Um, Tyson Fury is the biggest. He's the he, he's the, the fastest. Best he's the best boxer. Yeah. He has the highest boxing IQ. See, yes, guys like Muhammad Ali or Floyd Mayweather or Sugar Ray Leonard or any of those elite pound for pound guys. Their brains work faster than the other guy. He is going to be very, very but tough Ted, to beat. Okay. It's, it's fair to say this, too. we got to bring this up because I saw Teddy on Get Up this morning, and obviously we saw him last week. And one of the things he said, he said, Wilder has the ultimate equalizer, the right hand. Now, I would never insult Wilder like this, but he said Wilder can't fight. You know, he said he's not, he's not a boxer. He's a puncher. I will say this. Tyson Fury made him look like he didn't even belong in the ring. I, 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 I would... And I, I would alter what Teddy said. So slightly. would I. So would I. This is, so would this I. is what I would say, because there's an old exp expression. You can teach a guy to box, but if he can't fight, he's in trouble. Wilder can fight. Mm -hmm. right. I've seen him get down and fight. He can fight. He can't box. Thanks for watching ESPN on YouTube. For more. Hello, my people. My bomb squad on. My bomb squad nation. To all my loved ones around the world. Just want to let you know that I am here. Your king is here. And we ain't going nowhere. For the war has just begun. I will rise again. I am strong. I am a king. Can't take my pride. I am a warrior. I'm a king that would never give up. I'm a team that will fight to the death. And if anyone don't understand that, don't understand what it is to go to war. Don't understand what it is to fight. We will rise again. We will regain the title. I will We will hold our heads up high. Your king is in great spirit. And we will rise like a phoenix from the ashes and regain the title. I'll see you in a few months. For the war has just begun. All my love. So what do you guys think? Huh? I apologize. I meant to warn you guys. It was a it was a little the, the quality of that recording was a little crappy, you know, but it was from a site that snagged his Twitter. So forgive me. But what do you guys think? You know, is he is he is he is he a little quiet? You know, is it just that he got his butt kicked or is he a little closed mouth for other reasons? You know, bomb squad nations, you know. What do you guys think? You know, I think he's feeling some type of way. Not just because he lost the fight. I think he's feeling some type of way beyond that. You know what I mean? When he's saying that he's going to come back and stuff like this. But we'll see. We'll see. Let me let me know what you guys think about the uh, Deontay Wilder, especially if you saw the fight. All right, if you, if you didn't go see the fight. Yeah, there's tons of highlights you can go check out now on YouTube and stuff like that. So, 
Check it out and leave us some comments. All right. Let us know what you think about the Deontay Wilder fight. All right. Everyone's been talking too about the uh, Zion Williamson. So we did a whole segment about that, but I didn't include it into this episode. All right. But if you go over to our, uh, the, if you go over to the anchor.fm4 slash 215, um, we've made it its own segment. So you can check that out. All right. I sat with Jay Shiner Diamond and Omar. Yeah, you know I mean, watching um, the highlights um, of LeBron James and uh, Zion playing right we chopped it up on that i mean so tune in let me know what you think about that as well all right but i am going to play really fast a clip of lebron james responding to uh, i think a few questions about zion uh, they asked him what he what they they asked lebron what he thinks about him and stuff like that um so check it out told you guys when Snoop Dogg said what he said about Gail and then took it back that I believed it was because of his participation in the nation and uh, Farrakhan's album the box set he's talking about I think it's called the Let's Change the World album Um, and here's a clip now of Farrakhan speaking in defense of Snoop Dogg. And this is after Snoop Dogg made the apology. All right. Interesting, right? Interesting that this popped up after that, right? Anyway, check it out. I mean, he talks about some other things, but let me know what you think. 
those of you who have daughters, as a picture of Kobe with his little daughter, Gianna, reaching up to Kobe. Look at that. Look at that. Look at the love in his eyes and look at the love in her face. Every father that has a daughter, don't you want your daughters to love you? That had to be a good father. So Miss Gail, Miss Gail King. Miss Gail, you are my sister. I love you and I admire the good that you've done. But you were being used on that day to besmirch the memory of a good man, Gail. You were there to knock down my brother she did a documentary on what's his name? Who? R. Kelly. R. Kelly did some bad things. But there's some fathers in this audience that have raped their daughters. There's some fathers out there who misuse and abuse their granddaughters. Kobe did so much good in his life. Couldn't you find something, Gail, to say good about your brother, a fellow sufferer? Mr. Rose from CBS, he was charged with abusing women. You defended him. Sister Gail, my brother Snoop. No, wait, 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 wait. My brother Snoop was angry. Angry with you because what you did was so unnecessary. And so... I defend the good that Gail has done in her life. But I'm saying to all of you that are in privileged position with white people, don't let them use you. She gave an interview. My analyst told me 34% of her questions were probing questions to Lisa Leslie and you kept coming back to the same theme.
even though she defended her love for Kobe. Couldn't you find in his 20 years of marriage that he was still married? Brought us four beautiful girls. Couldn't you find something to say about the daughter, father, love, and the people telling him he needed a, a boy to carry on his legacy. And there was Gianni becoming a basketball savant. Couldn't you find something to say that he championed the rights of women? So, Sister Gail, though I love you, and I love Kobe, and I love Snoop, I defend Snoop's anger. I defend Snoop's rebuke. And I defend Snoop's speech. Now, I don't approve of no man referring to any woman, black or white, with the title of B. At the Million Man March, all of you that were there, you took that pledge. But in his anger, I defend him from the Quran. For the Quran says when somebody feels hurt and they use hurtful speech, hurtful speech is justified when you hurt like you hurt. He was hurt and we are hurt. But I pray for you, Sister Gail. I pray that you will recover that lost sense of commitment to your people out of which you came. Your people who were made by the white man. On the back of their collar, you will see it made in America. You can regain your place with us, but not by justifying what you did. Why don't you just repent and say, I'm sorry, 
as Snoop said it, he was sorry because mama got on him. And mama was right. But God is also right. She did something that provoked hurtful speech from many more people than Snoop. So people in this segment of Worthy Women, we want to honor and acknowledge Marian Anderson. All right, this, this one really excites me because she's from the city of Philadelphia. All right, you know, anybody who's been here, you, know, you I don't know, hopefully if you've been here and you spent some time here, you might've gotten to see some murals of Marian Anderson or a few different murals featuring her. There's also the Marian Anderson Rec Center in South Philly where a lot of um, boxers have come out. And it's also, um, I think they have a, a really popular uh, little league baseball team down there. Uh, but she is very, she's very, very notable. Um, talked about a lot here in the city of Philadelphia. So we want to honor and acknowledge her. All right. I found a clip that talks a little bit about her story. So I want you guys to check that out. And I encourage you to do your research or do some research in your own time um, and find out more about Marion Anderson. Marian Anderson is broadly recognized as one of the great operatic singers and performers of classical music in living memory. She was born in Philadelphia, one of three sisters. Her father, who sold coal and ice in Reading Terminal Market, died when Anderson was 12. After this time, her mother, Annie, supported herself and her daughters, caring for young children and later working as a cleaner in the Wanamaker's department store. Anderson's talent was recognized when, as a young girl, she sang in the choir of her church, the Union Baptist Church at Fitzwater and 19th Streets in South Philadelphia. Members of the congregation raised money to support Anderson's professional training. Anderson launched her career in Europe in the 1920s, where the barriers against black artists were less onerous than they were in the United States. She was a contralto, the lowest register category of the soprano voice. The oratorio of Bach and Handel were her mainstay. So magnetic was her stage presence, and so powerful was her ability to make every sung word meaningful, that she specialized in the lofty song repertoire of Strauss, Mahler, Brahms, and Schubert. Anderson also incorporated Negro spirituals, the songs of slaves, into her repertoire, establishing songs like Go Down Moses and My Lord, What a Morning into the operatic canon. Having earned the esteem of Europe, Anderson returned to the American stage in 1935 an acclaimed star. Leading conductors from Leopold Stokowski in Philadelphia to the young Leonard Bernstein in New York sought to perform with her. She enjoyed an international career performing at the inauguration of Presidents of the United States and breaking many racial barriers. In 1955, 
She was the first black singer to perform on the stage of the Metropolitan Opera House in New York. In 1938, Howard University conferred an honorary doctorate on Anderson. The following year, the historically black college of Washington, D.C., sought to organize a concert with Anderson at Constitution Hall, the premier concert venue of the U.S. Capitol. When the Daughters of the American Revolution, the DAR, would not allow Anderson to sing because of her race, First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt resigned from the DAR in protest and arranged that Anderson would sing instead at the Lincoln Memorial. Anderson's performance on Easter Sunday, April 9, 1939, at the Lincoln Memorial is considered a milestone in the progress of civil rights. Her powerful phrasing of, My country tis of thee, and Land where my fathers died, was so powerful and inclusive that the concert is thought by many to be on a par of significance with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. So, folks, this is the end of episode 20, the Nonstop Working Podcast. You know, anchor.fm4 slash 215. I want to say thank you to everybody who's listening. All right, we're trending. You know, on our website, we're in about 130 countries. All right. And the podcast is in about uh, 13 different countries. All right. So we definitely want to keep things rolling. Keep tuning in. Keep sharing. All right. And we're glad to see you guys are getting more comfortable and familiar with the Anchor platform for all of our listeners who've downloaded the Anchor app so that they can leave us some voice recordings. We appreciate you guys. Um, thank you for favoriting our show. So also do that. Download the Anchor app so you can favorite our show. Okay, you can leave rounds of applause, things like that. But we want you to participate. All right. Our platform is here. For you guys to talk that sass as well. You know what I mean? We talked about... How you guys doing? We talked about Deontay Wilder. Okay. We talked about Farrakhan. We played the Farrakhan uh, recording. Farrakhan defending Snoop Dogg. We had a segment of Worthy Women. We talked about Marian Anderson. Yeah. So we had a really good, good, good show here. Good show here. All right. Make sure you guys keep tuning in, like we said. All right. We're reaching out there. We're on our way to 10,000 plays. We have over 180 shows recorded so far. Episodes and segments. Over 180. We're quickly approaching... 200 segments. So that's really fantastic. Alright. You guys know that third base album is in stores right now. Make sure you buy Mr. Heard Music. Okay. You can stream it for free on YouTube and 
all of your digital distributors, iTunes, Amazon, and all those guys, Spotify, Tidal, okay? Make sure you guys download that. If you got iTunes, if you got the Google Play, okay, you just search M-I-S-T-A, heard, H-E-A-R-D, like I heard you, and all that stuff will pop up for you. Artists get with me. Make sure you guys visit our website, www.daus.me. If you're an artist and you're a business, you should be talking with me on a regular basis, keeping me informed about what you guys got going on, so I can make sure our site is updated with your content, and that you have new stuff available to our listenership and viewership every week, you know, every month. You know I mean? We can get you a nice campaign running, so let's do that. You know, artists get with me, businesses get with me, and let's do it, all right? Make sure you guys, like I said, visit the website, www.daus.me. All right, shout out to the whole Divine Artistic United Society worldwide. Okay. And yeah, this is episode 20 of the Nonstop Working Podcast, all right? I look forward to hearing you guys' comments. I hope you enjoyed this show. And we're already in preparation for episode 21, so stay tuned. Peace.